Hey, welcome to today's podcast. I swear, our kids' issues are like ginormous mirrors into what we have healed or where we still got those blind spots. (laughs) And I needed this when I was seven when I was 17, when I was 27, um, you, you get what I'm saying here. It's something we see all the time, even as adults. It's always happening anytime we interact with someone on both sides of the interaction. Today, we are going to talk about projection. And I wish someone would have made me aware of what's really happening so that I didn't believe everything I heard and allow it to hurt and change me. Picturing those tough as nails middle school and teenage years. Oh my God, what a fucking mental war zone, right? I swear. And I just saw a post on TikTok recently. The page is named uh, DJ Mindset. He does a lot on consciousness and spiritual awakening stuff. He asked the question, why do children exist? Like on a universal level, like zoomed way the hell out thinking. (laughs) There are many beautiful reasons for children. And I think this one is super interesting. He has an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old. He said, I'm really just raising the 11 and eight-year-old inside of me. That hit me like a ton of awakened, healed bricks. (laughs) I'm telling you, he says how he wasn't aware at their ages. And so his kids, our kids, bring it up out of us. The triggers, the hard moments are just trying to show you these parts of you. Oh my God, that has been so true for me. How about you, friend? So that's how I imagine where I get my parenting con- like content from. I am constantly seeing myself in my child and in others that we interact with. And my inner child picks up on what she needed but didn't get. What would have been helpful for her in a similar situation. Or realizing what I was really feeling in my younger years and how that made me react to things. Oh, and it sucks. It sucks to see that sometimes. <laughs> but we can use it for good like this here, right? Making lemonade. <laughs> and believe me, we are always projecting. And no, it's not always terrible, friend. We project healing and good things too, you know. But the tougher ones to process, especially for our kids and ourselves, are the negative ones. And we can't control others from doing this, but we can help our kids understand the true motivations so they don't attach to everything they encounter and constantly question or feel bad about themselves. It's also awesome for fostering self-awareness. If you see and know why you want to make that salty comment, (laughs) you can instead do your damn shadow work and stop slapping people with your words. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) so my kid comes home and I check his lunchbox every day to see how he ate he eats really good but he gets like sidetracked and starts talking to people he is a social butterfly and he'll like forget to eat his whole lunch stuff like that and he mentioned a little girl was and I quote bugging out (laughs) over a drink he brought and I thought okay yeah whatever like kids do that then the next day it was a snack 
Then one day, I saw almost his whole sandwich was left, and it was his favorite thing at the time. And I was like, buddy, why, why didn't you eat your sandwich? And he was like, oh, well, so-and-so was talking about it and said it was weird. And I go, oh, buddy, so you didn't want to eat it anymore? And he shakes his head, no. And I go, oh, how did that make you feel? And he goes, a little sad, a little embarrassed. And I was sure to establish and validate that before getting into anything about the other child. And that led us into another mini lesson. I go, ah, yes. And that is why we do not comment on other people's food. Unless you're saying it's yummy or some other compliment. And unless someone is forcing you to eat it, we say nothing. There may be cultural dishes that look or smell different. And we don't want someone to feel bad about what they like, right? Oh my God, the one day he mentioned, he mentions that someone else said that this other child's lunch looked like vomit and he felt so bad that he just ran over to the garbage can and threw it out. I was so upset and sad thinking about that. Like, oh man, messed me up. So after validating what my kid felt, I related to him, which builds connection, helps him feel safer to open up more. I tell him, hey, mommy knows exactly what you were feeling. When mommy was in first grade, I was rolling into lunch with a sandwich baggie from my very Italian Grammy full of pickles and olives. (laughs) Holy hell. I had no idea how weird that was outside of my family, but I found out real quick like, and like, what is that? What is that smell? My kid was cracking up. Oh, you know, just me dying underneath the lunch table here. That's all. <laughs> now back to our kid's lunch issue. My husband, his gut reaction went a little differently when he heard about this kid saying things. He went into an understandably protective stance and was pissed, which remember, If it's immediate and super reactive, it's most likely tied to the past. I think his injustice wound was activated there. This isn't right. Now he doesn't get to eat his lunch? We need to talk to the school. And I was like, okay, like I totally get what you're saying. I'm not thrilled, believe me, I'm not thrilled about this either. But her getting in trouble is just shutting down what she's saying And it'll just come out in other ways, I'm telling you. I think the big thing here is teaching him what to do when people do this. Teaching him why people project. As a human, he will see this over and over again. And I think it's more helpful long term to know what to do with yourself when this happens, right? Oh, and believe me, I was an expert because guess what you do when you don't know what painful emotions you're actually feeling because some or all of them were not allowed growing up. Oh, and processing them? Ah, good one. (laughs) Or addressing your needs properly? What what the hell are needs? (laughs) Oh, right, right, right. That's the problem. (laughs) So we project our unmet needs onto everybody else's shit. (laughs) I knew from healing and reparenting myself 
There were three main culprits that kept coming up that were always at the root of every crappy comment I have ever made. And we're all essentially the same. We're, we're all the same with how our mind works, I'm telling you. I saw it in my family members, my kid, my spouse, you name it. And I wanted to help my son get there by turning the tables and having him put himself in her shoes. I had a hunch already, but I wanted confirmation. So I go, what does she eat for lunch every day? Do you know? He goes, oh, it's school lunch every day. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, okay, let me ask you something. If you had school lunch every single day and the kid next to you brought lunch from home every day, had cool snacks, stuff that they picked out, and you're watching them have this while you have your school lunch, how would that make you feel? He goes, a little sad, a little jealous. Uh Uh-huh, bingo. It looks like she had a problem with your food. But there are three main reasons why people make mean comments or talk crap about others. They are lost at sea, S-E-A. They are either sad, envious, or afraid. Sad that they don't have that thing. Envious or jealous that they don't have that thing or think they can't get that thing. Or afraid. When there is something we don't understand or are not used to, It scares us and we want to push it away. You felt that way too. Remember when your friend got student of the week and you were like, whatever, when she said it after school to us? I asked you what you were really feeling and you said, jealous. You would like to have that too. And that's totally okay, buddy. I get that. This is such an important point here. Part of de-shaming emotions is accepting envy and jealousy as any other feeling. I even put a more productive spin on it, that when you feel that, it's just another way your inner being lets you know what you want in life. Sometimes we don't know till we see it with someone else. Part of my healing process was recognizing healthy envy. When I did shadow work, giving love and compassion to the parts of me that was taught there could only be one winner, there's the haves and the have-nots, it's a dog-eat-dog world, total lack mindset, and it's exactly what our economic structure wants you to believe. It keeps us competitive and always looking at the other instead of working together and focusing on ourselves. It was wild. To see that I could be happy for them having that thing and I would like something like that too. See the difference there? Feels a lot different, right? So back to the explanation for my kid. So I go on. Picture someone lost at sea. They're on a desert island. They are probably feeling what? Sad? Envious of someone with a boat? Afraid? Or or all three? And that sounds hard, right? We can feel for them. I always want him to have empathy and compassion, understanding that they are projecting from a place of hurt. I said, but would you be willing to give them your boat so you are stranded out there instead? He was like, no. (laughs) Exactly. They don't want to be out there. It doesn't feel good. And so they want to take your boat 
to get out and feel better. How do they get your boat? Getting you to believe what they say and giving up your joy, your truth, and how you feel about yourself or the thing they're talking about. They aren't doing it to be mean. They are doing it to feel better. Because if they get you to stop believing what you believe and believe your thing is weird or not good, then you'll stop liking it and stop bringing it to school. And they won't have to feel sad and jealous that they don't have that thing. You get it? When we understand the real motivations, we are less likely to attach to what they are saying. We can see them with compassion while holding healthy boundaries that we don't buy what they are selling and change how we feel or stop doing what we like. With the visual, he really got it. It was so cool and bittersweet. My inner child wishing she got this at his age too. But then I wouldn't have the empathy for the other side, right? All part of the process. So part of the boundaries, I suggested that if someone keeps on making comments or remarks, to ask them the question that I ask myself when my awareness catches me wanting to say some crap that I don't need to be saying. (laughs) Want some some awesome unhealed examples of this? Oh my God, tell me you can't picture these. Oh, you just got a promotion. Wow, do you think you'll be good to travel that much? (laughs) Hey, so-and-so just bought a house. Wow, she can't pay her credit card bill, but she just got a whole house. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Telling you. The question is, friend, why do you really care? Right? Why do you really care? Look at them square in the eye and say that and say nothing else. I warned him. They may squirm or panic. And their ego may yell, shut up, or some other self-defense mechanism, name-calling, etc. Just know that you know they are lost at sea. And if you're looking to grow and catch yourself, look and see what that thing is bringing up for you. Something sad, something you never got or want and are jealous, something new or different that you were taught to be scared of. And then give love and compassion to that part of you. And thank your shadow for giving you that information to heal from. We can't control what we or our kids are going to face each day. But we can help them understand themselves and others better. We, we can equip them with awareness and empowered compassion. Keep your boat Ask, why do you really care? And don't get lost at sea instead of them. I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. See you on the next one. And as always, sending you so, so much love. Take care, friend.